Welcome everyone to Over and Back. I am joined by Appleton North coach Chris Kellett, Oregon coach Chris Siebert. Um, we're winging it. We're, we said we we're going to wing it. Um, and I think you guys both are going to enjoy that. It's the best Welcome. way. To do it. Best way to do it. Thanks for having us. Hopefully we uh, hopefully we don't talk over each other too much. Sometimes it's kind of hard. So uh, we'll do our best here. Um, so you guys both got back from practice just now, right? Correct. Uh, good late practice, but uh, it's always a good good one to first practice after scrimmage. You have a actually have an idea of something to do rather than just some repeated plan year after year. Yeah, for sure. We went over a lot of stuff we haven't gotten a chance to yet because we we scrimmage early. We scrimmage on on Friday versus a talented FEL team and haven't worked defense at all. So we had a lot of defensive stuff today, and guys got after it. It was good. Yeah, we were. Uh... Sieber and I were talking about this before you hopped on, Kellett, about scrimmages. Okay, so where were you and what teams were all there? Every year we just scrimmage FEL. Okay. Um, Coach Jay and I get along pretty well, and he, he always runs really good stuff. And it's local, and he wants to do it Friday because of hunting season. He's got a lot of guys up that like to hunt. And they're just being local, easy, and, and talented, well-coached. And, you know, some of we won't see during the regular season, but uh, they're competitive and, you know, we we both got after both had some good runs, but it was it was a good day both ways. Siebert, same. Yeah, we were at, we were at Middleton on Saturday. Uh, we've been there for a while. Um, been a bunch of teams this year. The team list kind of changed a little bit, but we played um, Dubuque Senior, who's got a really good team. Um, then McFarland, Edgewood, and Martin Luther. Um, yeah, that's it. So you scrimmage four teams. We scrimmaged four teams. We played 20 minute running, just 20 minute running games four times. Okay. Yeah. So like 80 minutes of basketball. Okay. Do you guys, how much, how much stock do you put into what happens in like those first scrimmage of the year? I know, I know you play different kids and things like that, but what, when you guys look, do you guys, did you guys walk away? Like I'm screwed this year or is it just like, I don't even care. I mean, honestly, we go in a, you know, so the coaches and I talk about rotations and things and we have an idea of who we want to see with who. And, um, you know, that's kind of our, our time to give some guys a chance to kind of prove that they can play and allow them to play with some different players and see who plays well, you know, with each other best. And, you know, for our sake versus FEL, you know, we had a couple groups that stood out a couple fives and some guys played well, some guys didn't play well. And guys, you know, First scrimmage that, you know, the jitters trying to prove that you can do more and, you know, just for a little bit too aggressive at times. But uh, I, I like scrimmages just to give you a baseline, but um, it's, there's a lot more than just that to get you ready. So. For sure. I, I, a lot of same things. I think it kind of changes year to year based off the team you have. Um, But uh, I think we actually learned more about ourselves yesterday than we have in the past. And I try to take a lot from it. We film it and, treat it like as much of a game as we possibly can and, um, you know, see who's ready to, to play at the level that we need to play at. So I was, I don't know, Kel, did you know, I, uh, Kimberly was down in Kettle Moraine on Saturday. DePier was there, Tosa West. I heard, so I'll just give you the feedback that I heard. Um, I heard Brookfield East and Kimberly had a pretty close one. I'm assuming I heard DePier looked really good, which is no surprise, but I also heard DePier and Tosa West had a battle. Um, no one's keeping score, but people are keeping score, obviously. Uh, but it sounds like the Kimberly kids look like they had just gotten done playing football, which they basically all did. So 
Yeah, no, that's pretty standard. I mean, you know, at Appleton North, we've ran into that buzzsaw with football too. You know, it's probably the first year since I've been there where they, you know, our basketball guys got a little break before the season. But, uh, you know, those are all really good teams, and I'm sure they were high-level basketball, and it was probably fun to watch. Um, And then I also was telling Siebert before I heard uh, Kakana scrimmage Bayport, and apparently Kakana went on like a – the number I heard was 11 of 12 threes in a row. So just put that on your little uh, scouting report for the year, I guess. <laughs> which yeah, we, no, they're talented. Which we do anyways. They're skilled, they're talented, and, you know, you got to run them off the line. But uh, they like to get up and down. So offensively, they're well coached, and, and they're talented. So it'll be tough out for everybody. Um. All right, Siebert, what do you – so I'll just start with you down here on this one, this, this next question I kind of had. So you've got – you have these scrimmages. Now you've got – when's your, is your first game Tuesday? Next Tuesday, like the 28th? Uh, sat, we play Saturday. You do play Saturday. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So what does what does it look like this week to prepare for Saturday based on like kind of what you what the scrimmages and just kind of being early in the year? Yeah, good question. Um today we we were really sloppy offensively on Saturday. Um so today we did a lot of things to uh try to clean up, you know, spacing and a little bit of our structure. So today was more just like response from the scrimmage, but we're gonna talk about Stoughton right away starting tomorrow. And then um you know, we, we'll take the full week to kind of prepare for their personnel. Um, Coach Weber does a really good job. That, frankly, they play basically the same stuff as I do and very similar to us. So we can kind of practice against our stuff, but it's more just talking about their personnel and getting guys prepared for, you know, certain different things. That's that's Ty, right? For an whole team, he plays for Stoughton, right? Yeah. Yep. Is, is he like a main, I'm assuming he's probably one of your main focuses? Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, he's probably the best one of the best scores in the badger conference they return him and another first team all conference kid uh shipper sawyer shipper okay uh, or is it brady shipper is it sawyer and brady they're brothers i mix up names of brothers all the time i used to be so much better at names and grades of kids now i've, I've become a number guy um i almost feel bad now but yeah i'm a number guy now bulletin board material for uh for a shipper one way or another yeah, exactly. Kellett, but, same question. No, good. Kellett, but- <laughs> no, we, you know, we don't play until uh, the 28th. We play at Wausau West. Um, so we're focusing on ourselves right now. We're going to start prepping over Thanksgiving. Our our coaches will watch some film, get into it. We played them last year, have a decent understanding. Um, they're well coached up there too. And so we'll be prepped for them. And uh, we'll our first practice after Thanksgiving, we'll, we'll start with them. And we'll also sprinkle in some Hortonville stuff because we got them on the 30th as well. Um, I'm a defensive-minded guy, so spend a lot of time talking about personnel, different actions that they run, and, and just making sure that nothing that we see surprises us. Because offensively, you know, I'm, I'm pretty confident w- with who we have that we're going to be able to score points. It's a matter of can we get enough stops. So. Uh, did you smirk? Did you smirk, Siebert, when he said he's a defensive-minded guy? I did. I did. <laughs> I mean, he loves us. Kella loves Kella loves offense, and he knows it. I I was well, you know, he did he did play a four-corner slow down ball in the playoffs last year, so you never know. Yeah, there's reasons for that. We won't get into that, but I know, I know, I know. We always <laughs> have. Do you guys do you guys look at the rankings like when you see like preseason rankings and things like that? Like, I mean, for the state conference, you know, whatever it may be. I mean, it's hard not to notice it. Um, but at the same time, preseason rankings, we under I think we understand what they really mean. And I think that 
I think that if you pull a lot of coaches around, like I hate to like sound like a sandbagger, but I'm coming around to Keller. I think that everybody thinks their team stinks except for two, three coaches. Um, you know, right now it's hard. Uh, that first week when you go into that scrimmage and you feel ball pressure for the first time and you're trying to get into offense, like it's like, wow, to act, to have your guys ready to play hard but also have stuff in and also look like you know what you're doing and also have all your guys, it's tough. Um, so it'll t- it'll be a work in progress to be ready. I, I don't, you know, this is probably the first time that we're projected decently high in the FEA and it's different expectations for us. So it's going to be brand new for Appleton North. Um, I don't buy into that, but just because teams like Nina, you know, Fondy lost a lot of guys. They have a lot of talent coming back. Hornville's talented. All these teams got scholarship type athletes. Um, so, you know, I do think we're talented and it's it, the different expectations will be something for us. How do we handle it? Do we compete every single day? Um, you know, but from a player standpoint, it's always cool to look at it and see, you know, rankings, who do we play? How do you stack up against those teams and give you something to strive for? And hopefully it gets the right guys hungrier to compete and, and get after it and improve. And, you know, you just don't go the other way with it and get, you know, too over your head and too confident. So this will be new for us a little bit because we got a lot of guys that are returning, but uh, I think our guys are up for the challenge. So. Siebert, did I see, did your conference like change? Yeah, we did. Um, We went from East West to large, small, which is, I, I think good for everybody as far as like competitive balance and kind of community similarity. Um, it didn't really impact travel very much at all either. So I'm, I'm excited for the new, new conference. So it's, it'll be us, Wanakee, Monona Grove, Milton, Fort Atkinson, Beaver Dam, Watertown and DeForest, I think. So how many of those were in your conference last year? Um, we're, we're pretty much brand new. Um, it basically just flopped us and Stoughton which was the weird thing. Okay. We worked with more of the small teams when, when we were Badger West. Okay. So in your D1 this year, correct? D1, yep. Okay. We've been D1, yeah, this will be our second year of being D1. Is there a, and maybe it's you, and maybe you don't have to answer this question, I just want to ask it anyways. Is there a clear cut, like here's who's number one in each conference, or here's who's probably the favorite? Uh, for sure, I think so. Um, I think Wanaki is the the top of the mountain right now until somebody knocks them off uh they went 14 and 0 in the league last year and return a ton um really talented group um that would be kind of on the badger large side and then stoughton would probably think to be is you know a favorite in the small um you know they were really successful last year and bring back basically everything mount horeb uh, lost a lot of games like mount horeb was way better than their record last year and brings back a ton too so they'll i think they'll be able to play with stoughton i know they play they play right away. So it's like one of those, I think they play December 1st. Um, so that's a huge game in the Badger small for like big game in the Madison area. And then on the Badger large, there's a ton of teams that would like think they would like to could challenge Wanakee. Like the Badger large is one of those conferences similar to the FVA and that like a lot of teams think they have a chance to beat anybody um, this year. Um, you know, there's no bad team on our side and um, I don't see a team going you know, I know if Wanakee went 14 and 0 last year. I'd be shocked if they did it again. And they might even be better than they were last year. And I don't see anybody going 0 and 14 either. Kellett, you uh did you check my did you see my rankings, my preseason rankings for power rankings for FEA or no? Yeah, you know, I my my guys were giving me some sauce sig because they thought I told you to say it about Abraham Tamari. 
And so now he, <laughs> thinks I, he thinks I have the reason that it said TikTok. No so, way. I, I follow I follow Abraham on, on TikTok. He's awesome. No. So, I mean, it, it's, it's, it's no secret that, you know, Kakana has so much skill set coming back and they got two bona fide six, nine athletes down low. They're talented. And Oshkosh North obviously has two guys that can go for 30 every single night. And after those two on paper, then you've got, you know, the rest of us that can beat anyone on any given night, kind of how Chris described it. And, you know, teams like us or Fondy or Hortonville can get hot. Coach Rubis is a phenomenal coach down at Nina, and they have some players back too. And um, so, you know, there's just a lot of parity after that where guys can compete, and it's just a matter of who who's playing well and who consistently plays well. So, but I do think anyone in our team can get anyone on any given night. And, you know, last year, as as you call it, I think you call it a shit show, um, that that's pretty much what it 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 always comes down to. So, well, I don't think this year will be any different. And I think the top two guys are the ones that you stated. And after that, it could be anybody. So, yeah, I agree. It was it was not easy doing like three for six. I was just like, I don't know what the hell's gonna happen. And even it's you mentioned Fond du Lac before. I have no idea what to make of Fond du Lac, and I don't think they're gonna win at all. Like like they did last year because I don't think they have Dalton. But like, I I wouldn't be surprised if they finished towards the top two. It's just weird. Oh, they have some talent. Plus, Coach Ford's a hell of a coach. Yep, um, you know, he's defensive minded. His his team's physical, so they kind of pester you and bother you. And ball pressure gets to you and force you to do things that you don't want to do. So they'll be they'll be much better than you know he probably doesn't want me to say it than what people think. But uh, it is what it is. So, um, how long have you guys known each other? You two. Uh, since probably my senior year of high school, 2008, 2009. Oh, no, earlier than that. AAU. I don't know, 2007, 2008. I coached Just, against him. He Unfortunately, he played for swing. Um, and I was on a – I was like the Blizzard A coach, essentially. And we had a couple battles. But uh, by battles, I mean we, we'd always lose by like 15. But it was fun. <laughs> I was going to have a comeback on battles. But uh, – um, no, come back to just rebut on your FBA rankings. I do have a little tidbit on that Nina team that you ranked sixth. Yep. So this senior class at Nina, I happen to know they won the the eighth grade state championship <clears throat> four years ago, which which I call which is the uh, Oregon eighth grade youth tournament. So that's one of fifty state tournaments around. But I know that the Nina seniors were state champions by winning. Were they that really? Court. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, no, impressive class. No, impressive no, class. So I have seen Brady Corso play the role that he needs to play. All right. Yeah. I was well, impressed. Even, even after Brady, they got, you know, five or six guys that are all, you know, oh, they're really good. Two to six, four that just play the right way and they're physical and they shoot it well enough. You got to respect them and they just play the right way and they share the basketball and they're tough. So it'll be good. It It, it is more, or it was more a product of, the other five teams that I put ahead of them. Like totally. it's not, it's not like I'm not trying to diss Nina as much as I love to diss Nina. Um, it's not, I just couldn't, I just couldn't, I just trust the other five teams more right now. And I'll probably be wrong. Cause that's what happens. So hard, hard to trust a shit show. I'm surprised. Yeah. Kel and they must have a good coach over there. On the North. Got some good young guys. Hopefully they keep coming of age. So we'll I, see. I can't, I can't wait. I cannot wait. I'm more excited this year than I was last year. Um, just because there's more things, there's more things in place, I think, and there's more more moving pieces this year than there was last year. Um, do you guys 
So, okay, well, let's, I don't think we've ever, okay, I've talked, I've both, I've had you both on separately. So you met because you coached against Siebert Kellett. So then how does the relationship go from there? So he ended up, um, I was not coaching at Lawrence at the time. I was a Nina's JV coach way back in the day. And then he went to Loris first and coach DePocter uh, reached out, asked me to help out. And I, so I went to Lawrence, I believe it was your first year there, wasn't it? Yep. I think Siebert's first year was my first year. And obviously when you're an assistant coach, you spend a lot of time with the guys and you're kind of good cop a lot and, um, you know, got a chance to run a lot of stuff and just, just get to know him, you know, throughout the course of that. And we, and we made, you know, we've been pretty close ever since, even now, you know, he's coached some of our AAU guys and we'll talk once a week and I always get a kick out of it. My wife laughs because it'll be a Ryan DePau who coaches down South and Siebert nine on three way call my wife like what are we 12 here but uh we just talk loops and talk players and um yeah so we've been been friends ever since then and it's, it's been good so i'll let the i'll let you tell the first story see what's your what's your favorite kellett story as a coach at lawrence and you as a player i mean Kellett was i mean i don't want to like harp too much i mean kellett's always honestly been a good mentor of mine um could all, honestly always talk about things, whether they were, you know, basketball or not or anything. And there were some, there were some fun times. There were some not so fun times and there were some, some basketball conversations and there were some serious conversations and Kellett was good at wearing a bunch of different hats for a 20 year old that was still really figuring out a lot of things about myself and life. Um, he had kind of worn, worn a lot of those same like shoes and went to a similar type of had a similar college type. So it was, we saw a lot of the same things, but one of the things I always remember from Kellett, honestly, was he, uh, he just did a really good job of like making practice competitive. Um, and he was really connected with like that, you know, the Jojo always had quote unquote, the top group and Kellett would always have like quote unquote, the second group. And there was just a true like connectivity and like togetherness of that second group. And he really bonded them all together and made them like take pride in quote, like that, that white team type thing. Um, you know, and, but more importantly for Kellett was kind of just all the like other conversations that had nothing to do with basketball, to be honest. That might be the first compliment he's ever given me right there. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I, it's true. I mean, yeah, we complained about a lot of things back in college, but we still were figuring out. Frankly, one of the conversations I remember most from Kellett was we were walking off the court from at Monmouth and he kind of just like it was one of those games where I played really, really bad in the first half, but really, really good in the second half. And he kind of just challenged me in the sense of like, you know, you're not like you know how good you could be type of a type of a moment and i i've had that conversation with like 25 different players that that show it in flashes but don't do the things necessary all the time and i'll never forget that conversation i'm not saying that i that i snapped out of it and was like the greatest player in the world but like kellett did a great job in trying to get the best out of me Kellett, any good uh now no it sucks Siebert just like killed the fun vibe movie. It's like he's trying to make <laughs> trying to make you cry. No, but... man. Like honestly, <laughs> one of my favorite moments. So anytime you play Grinnell, it's they sub five and five out. It's mm. up and down, up and down. And it's just war of attrition. And Sieb's played, what'd you play? Like 95% of every game, I think. Sieb's never came out. He was about 
you know, six foot two, 110 pounds uh, all the way through college. It's this bean pole. Uh, we talked, I think we went into overtime. Might have been overtime or late, you know, late in the game. And he's like, I'm so tired. And he's telling me it's a timeout. And he's like, I, I'm just, my legs are dead. I'm so tired. Next player out of the timeout gets the steal and he freaking goes up and dunks two handed. And I'm sitting there like, what in the hell? I just look at Jordan. He just told me he was dead. And we ended up winning that game and kind of catapulted our energy. Um, but I'll never forget that. So anytime guys tell me they're tired, I'm like, I had one player tell me they were tired. He went back out there, a six foot two white kid came up and just dunked two handed. I don't believe you're tired. So um, he was, he was a warrior. You know, he was six, you know, he wasn't the strongest guy on the planet, but he played much tougher than he was. And offensively he was super skilled and, um, you know, he didn't have enough pieces around him at Lawrence to kind of get to what he wanted, you know, what his goals were, but he was extremely talented. I tell him all the time in today's day and age, he's a scholarship basketball player. And back then it was a little tougher going D2. Um, but he was, he was very, very talented and I was glad he went to Lawrence. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, he, he was, he was fun to coach. Yeah. He, he always had a smart comment to say back to you and never a dull moment and just, you know, made being in the gym fun. Seaver, what's the most fun uh, scored in the game at Lawrence? Uh, at Lawrence? Yeah. Uh, in college, 30, college, whatever. 30, 30, 30, 30, 30. I think just 30. Shouldn't you know that? That should be like easy, easy, easy answer. I think 30. I want to say Wisconsin Lutheran, 30. Okay. 11, Cal- for, 11 for 15. Well, there you go. That's That seems more of a specific my, number. Uh, that. Yeah. The only thing I have in my mind is I only took 20 shots one time and we lost. So I, I that's my, that's the stat I have in the back of my head forever. That's, that's the reoccurring theme. That's what me and Johnny Kinzinger talked about. His worst game is when he took the most shots. That's the way it works. It's true. Well, if it makes Steve's feel any better, my high is 37 versus Wisconsin Lutheran. So. Yeah, you, yeah. <laughs> it was probably against Grinnell. You were just kidding so my last ever game at concordia we were the one seed they were the bottom seed for the conference tournament and i scored 37 and had like 10 rebounds and then i transferred out yeah so they wouldn't let me play football as well um, in fact the old coordinator told me i wasn't good enough to do both um and so the moment he told me that i left so shout out to rob barnhill appreciate him to this day motivation not sure he's listening um <laughs> Uh, so you guys, you guys say you talk every week, basically, do you guys, how well do you guys know each other, each other's conferences? Like, are you guys following all, you know, see what you're talking, you, you following the FBA a lot and Kelly, you following the Badger? I think teams. I'll I'll talk some trash here. I think I know the FBA better than he knows the Badger. Um, Oh, with that's true. That's not, yeah, that, that, that makes Uh, sense. But, uh, but no, we, I think I, I, as we, I, I have a, I try to talk to a coach in each corner, like pretty regularly. I try to keep a good pulse around of okay. each, all the major conferences. I need a big river source. If any, if any coaches are a true junkie and want to talk hoops every once in a while. There you go. They're listening. I don't even know what's, who's in the conference. That's like Eau Claire Memorial. Okay. Okay. Some, all those. Yeah, no, he answered it right. I, I follow Oregon. Um, that conference, I don't. I'll follow some of the AAU guys I know a little bit, but that play with Hardy and Ramis and, and played with Sweeney. But other than that, I kind of stick to who we're playing and put all my focus on that. So, okay. Um, do you guys, uh, 
have you guys been following the Wisconsin? I don't know. Do you guys have, if you guys have anything else that's related, that's fine. I'm going to change subjects here real quick. But um, have you guys been following the uh, like the most recent kids kind of out of the state? Milan at Iowa State. Yeah, somewhat. We try. I try to. Um, definitely, you definitely miss a couple box scores here and there, but I definitely try to. I was. I always used to do that. It was go around. Someone told me today. It's like when are you going to start doing the uh, the college guys again? I have to do it because there's so much going on tonight. Like Rody played against the Badgers tonight. Did you see the game? Badgers killed Virginia. I did not. We were at practice. Killed him by like beat him by like twenty four. Yeah, I saw that. Good win. It is. It was a hard watch. It was a hard watch. Good win. Um, the one thing I did put on your agenda was youth basketball. So I want to talk about it a little bit. Um, how much involvement do you guys have, like with your? I'm assuming your a club runs it, correct? Like a booster club or whatever. Same was that correct, Seabird? Down there too. Correct. Do you have, how much control do you guys have over it of like, this is what I want. This is what I, you know, by the time they get to ninth grade, anything like that, or are you guys kind of really hands off? I'm just not, there's no right answer. I'm just curious because I, we're going to, I'm going to leave this somewhere here. No. Yeah. totally. From I mean, a, go ahead, Kelly. From an Appleton North standpoint, we, we meet monthly um, and we collaborate really well. We have a good board, um, you know, from top to bottom, we have someone from every grade on the board and, you know, they, they value my opinion quite a bit. And, you know, from a coaching standpoint, we've got, you know, our varsity staff or people that aren't parent coaches, um, you know, for the middle school level. Um, but any decision that we make is, is a collaborative effort. And um, so I spend a lot of time with them. You know, we have camps throughout the summer, camps throughout the winter. Um, I know pretty much all the kids, you know, pretty well. My son's playing in, in the third grade level. Um, but, uh, we spend a lot of time, whether it's myself, coach Miller, coach Coonan spent a lot of time there too. And so we just try to work with them the best that we can and get them kind of running our stuff too, just so that it's less, a seeming, you know, less trans seamless transition once they get to the high school level. Yeah. I mean, I echo a lot of what Kellett said, monthly meetings with a, with a youth board of about 10 to people, 10 to 12 or so, um, ours, our board is for boys and girls all together. Um, similar fourth through eighth grade. We have non-parent coaches for sixth through eighth grade, a teams, um, which I think really helps. Um, we run a first and second grade clinic all summer or all winter and then camps during the summer and workouts during the summer. Um, we try to get the coaches on board for the best they can, but at the same time, like I run different offense year after year and I want my coaches being comfortable with whatever they're teaching most of our coaches have played in college. Like, frankly, I think they're coaching a lot, teaching a lot of the things that they ran. And I think that it's good for players to try different things as long as they're kind of playing man to man and passing them all. So you have non-parent coaches, sixth, seventh, and eighth grade. Sixth, seventh, and eighth. Correct. For the, a, for the A travel groups or the first travel group. What does, um, okay. So what what is that? What's that dynamic? Like, what's that look like? What are your what kind of coaches are do you have coaching? What's well, a challenge to get guys always? Um, yeah. our eighth grade coach um played at St. Olaf. He's a really good dude. Um, plays in my men's league. Um, really good player, competitive kid that or competitive dude like in his mid-20s that loves basketball but has a real job. He, otherwise, he'd be coaching high school, but he just can't do every day. And the kids really look up to him. Um, he's great. Um, he's done eighth grade the last two years. 
seventh grade's a new guy that's got high school experience, but kind of backed off, has a new job, didn't want to commit to kind of every day. So this youth, the youth travel, like they, we, you know, you get paid just as much as a high school assistant and you practice once or twice a week and then have eight to 10 tournaments and you don't have to deal with all the 12 month a year stuff that I asked my JV coach to do, you know, and, and, uh, then sixth grade, I have another guy who's been in our youth program forever. Um, he coached that our sophomore class is really talented and he coached that group all the way through. And now he's coaching our sixth grade group. He's been with them since fifth. So he's, he's awesome. He's just like you Sam, true junkie. You guys ever worry. And, and honestly, it's like as a high school coach, like those are the type of people that are the real MVPs of any real good program. Like, anybody in in the state can say Lee Rubis is the best coach in the state or whatever, you know, Joe, like, and Lee would be the first guy to tell you without, without so-and-so or without so-and-so or without so-and-so we're nothing. And like, I truly feel that way about our youth program. I try to be as involved as I can. Um, my first few years, like I felt like I was everywhere. I was trying to be in the gym everywhere, but then eventually your tank runs a little dry and you got to do a lot for your high school team during those four months. Um, and, and without those guys running our youth program, you know, you're our director and our good coaches and our board members. And, you know, those are the, those are the lifeblood of any good high school program, cons any good consistent high school program. So do you guys ever, I'll, I'll get at some point to why I brought this up, whatever, but do you guys ever worry about, about losing numbers at a younger age because of parent coaching and just kind of like the wild, wild west free for all and daddy ball. Definitely. I mean, there's, we do, I mean, we're pretty, we try to, you know, reemphasize that the goal of any coach is for kids to want to come back the next year. Um, you know, we've been pretty lucky for the most part um in keeping numbers up that at, at one of the things we do at fourth grade when there still are parent coaches is we st we split our fourth graders even um i don't know what is kind of custom up in the fox but we do we kind of split our top two teams even and then we have a third team of kind of leftover guys to kind of get guys more tiered with where they should be playing and does it cost maybe some of our best kids like a couple tournament wins or like a couple games they could play maybe but like I think the the league they play in that BDL, most fourth grade communities are split even around us. Um, so I think that keeps numbers in that fourth grade. And then we don't really lose into fifth, which is the first year we tier A, B or whatever C. And then, and then they get non-parent coaches. So there's like kind of an excitement again. So we've been pretty lucky. Um, but I think the big thing that we just try to emphasize is that like youth sports needs to be like for the kids and like, about the kids having fun and not just like an avenue for adults to compete each, against each other, like with their kids. Um, and uh, I'm with you on some of the issues, but we've been, we've been pretty lucky on our end so far. Yeah, I know for us, we, uh, we went to something a little bit different this year where we kind of split our hoops of season into two parts. We've got a league season and then we have a tournament season and families were allowed to sign up for one or both. And if they chose just one, you know, the, the the guys that are new to basketball or haven't played a whole lot or not confident and, you know, are into other things, baseball, different things, um, they kind of chose the league only. And the guys that are, you know, diehards that want to play chose both. And once we get into the league play, we, we do go to kind of our – or get out of the league play, 
we go to our tournaments with kind of our ASAT teams um, at the middle school level as well. And um, so that's new to us. So we'll see how that affects numbers. Um, but you, you constantly worry, you know, every head coach has a good pulse of, you know, the top five to seven players at every grade level. And your goal is to make sure that those guys are happy. And sometimes there's parent coaches that <clears throat> just don't, sub the right way or play the right way and there's issues that happen all over the place and you have to find a way to kind of soften those things and, and help out and you know at Appleton North you know we're, we're fortunate that numbers are never an issue we've got three teams basically across the board at least you know one one grade level we have 40 some kids um so it's 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 kind of a privilege to have that but uh we'll see how the tournament and the league split affects us because i know nina kind of went rubus has i believe like a b teams all the way through now something like that um but everyone's different and you know if you do the a b team there's positives to that all the way from when they're younger because the a kids are probably certainly happier you know more competitive practices and, and they're competing and they're happier because they're playing with the best kids and there's some negatives to it too so it's no right way to do it just a matter of keeping as many kids happy and and retaining as many as possible yeah, Kim, I, I, I'm not sure if Kimberly's changed, but I know like when my kids were younger, it was same thing. You, you have your league, then you have tournaments, you split. Some kids will play both. Some kids will play just the league. You split them at that point. And then once fifth grade comes and the state tournament starts, you split again for like the top 10 or whatever it may be. And then I know like in seventh and eighth grade, they would do like a top four or five or six kids. And then there would be the next six that would actually rotate between like the top team and then the like the middle kind of teams, which is a really good balance, whatever. Um, I just know that like Lucky's, Lucky Wirtz's goal always was give me as many kids as possible into ninth grade. Like I don't want, so everyone's playing. Like, so I asked you, Kellett, on Saturday, I texted you and I'm like, what are your playing, what are your playing time requirements? And, and you said, basically everyone plays. And I said, we'll define that because there are, there's playing two minutes and then there's playing like a percentage. Like Kimberly, I remember complaining about it back when I was coaching about it because I was just a dumb human being. And I remember like thinking, God, that's a lot of, you know, percentage, but like Kimberly had like, you had to play 35% of the time. You had to play 40% of the time. We were given like Excel sheets, like charts where you would sub in every four minutes and it could, you could balance it out. You know what I mean? So Siebert, do you guys have playing time requirements of the youth level? And if so, do you have like a strict policy on it? Yeah, we do. Um, we do. Um, at fourth grade, we actually put in there players should play like, you know, as close to 50 percent of the game as possible, okay. um, which I don't know if it's, it's like and then we say, like, you know, try to win that down the stretch or whatever. Um, so everyone, you know, kind of plays over 40 percent of the game is kind of what we say. And then through sixth through eighth, we kind of say 30 okay. percent, uh, you know, and, and at seventh and eighth, we try, try to get our, our A teams to nine players. So there, so typically most teams have nine at most weekend events or eight or eight, or eight even. So playing time, it'll always be an issue in basketball. Um, but we do, we do try to have a policy, but at the same time, like my favorite youth, my, uh, the guy who's been our best youth coach, he's ran our youth program for 10 years. He was playing in Ripon this week. They played Nina and Sun Prairie. And I know for a fact, he didn't take his best player out the whole day. So it's, I know that like things, you know, every coach doesn't do it you know, by the book, but, you know, each team is different and hasn't, we haven't run into like major issues 
And part of it, I think that's on the coach too, of like, that's on Kellett or me or the head coaches or whoever's doing the evals to, to know the kids for your each class and know the kids then and place them properly so that they're with a team that they're, that they're able to play for. Um, you know, I think that evals is maybe the worst part of the year for a high school coach and maybe the hardest part of the year for the high school coach, but the high school coaches that don't do it are the ones that have programs where kids are all over the place. So I think it's kind of just one of those bruises you almost got to take. Um, yep. No, that's never fun. But our, our high school staff evals our middle school level and we actually play some and we've had a few parents say that there was some vendettas against our hoops club board president who's coached for a while. And when he's they've said, no, the high school staff does it. It's it's kind of gone away. But uh, no, I mean, there's really no way to there's no way to to me to have an Excel spreadsheet on it. Um, you know, to me, it's it's on the coach to get everyone in each half at those younger ages. And, um, you know, if you're on the tournament team, having eight, nine guys is, is perfect. If you have 10 or more, it's almost impossible to make everybody happy no matter what you do. So having, you know, the right numbers um, and, and the right people in charge, just making sure the right things happen. Yeah. I mean, I know that even with an Excel spreadsheet, I've seen it like, like, you know, dads will take their liberties and not play kids certain times, whatever, you know, um, how many, how many would Lucky get to his freshman year, typically? I think it's usually anywhere from like 15 to – I don't think we've ever had – I don't, I've never seen cuts at Kimberly at the freshman level. So I think – and I think they like 18 probably is probably the highest it's been. But, shit, we had 18 in varsity for the last three years too, you know, like – I'm sure he had – I'm sure they had to cut. So, no, I don't What's think – honest to God, I'm not sure he's ever really cut. Or, and, I mean, I've, Murphy's there now, but, like, when I don't think there's there's been cuts at the freshman level. Because I know I, he's always tried not to, for sure. Yes, yeah, and that's that's JV and varsity too. They've tried not to cut ever. Like Lucky never wanted to cut, because you never know what's going to happen, right? Like Paul Appleton, like was on the B team, like in seventh grade or something like that. And it's like obviously we know Paul Appleton went. You know, what I mean, look at like even recently, like and I know things happen after high school, but like Sam Jingris never made a state team. Didn't make state fifth, sixth, seventh, or eighth grade. Did not. He was a B kid. He's playing at Marion College right now. He is athletic as they come now and i know things change and it happens sometimes as you get through high school whatever but like it's it's and you lose sight of it as a and when you're in the moment you know what i mean but um i think that's what lucky's thing was always like you never know what's going to happen i want as many numbers as possible so we're going to have we're going to make it so all these kids want to try out and they don't lose interest and they get a lot of playing time and i just brought up because i went so i was saturday i was at madison watching my friend's kid play and I'm like, holy shit, like this is daddy ball bad. And and then I texted Kel and I'm like, are you just firing up threes in all of your youth practices? I'm not kidding you. Appleton North took 15 threes in the first half. And this is a young grade. <laughs> and it is awful. And I said to him, I go, how do you not have parents up your ass about some of these kids just firing like Every time down, it's like three screen three. I'm like, this is so bad. I part of me thinks it should have gotten better since I've left it for whatever reason. It's worse. It's worse. It's worse than it's ever been, I think. And I don't think well, it's going to change, but that's why I want to think. Out. I think with the nature of basketball, how long it's been, you know, we struggle with some varsity guys that just want to shoot threes who can do so much more. Um, 
our our sixth grade squad they like to get it up from deep for sure um but if you watch our eighth grade team they do the same thing and and they're they're pretty talented so it's you start somewhere um we have i think four teams in sixth grade um you know it's interesting because you talk about Kimberly not cutting you know we had to let go of quite a few this year we had 70 kids in the gym and you just cannot feasibly keep 70 for three teams um or you can go on the other side of that you know Kakana usually is not sure if they're going to have three teams every year um but you know they have the right guys in in their program so it's there's a fine line between both I don't think there's one way to do it you know but to me it, you know basketball is more than just what you do between the you know, just on the court between those lines, it's, you know, maturing them. And even today I had a, I had a funny interaction with a player. Um, we passed out our JV game uniforms and freshman uniforms and things today. And I said, if any of you leave this uniform here today, I promise you we're going to run tomorrow. Our JV coach, Coach Simpson, gets after him. He, he ran him quite a bit today. Um, I was like, I'll, I'll make you wish Coach Simpson's, you know, your coach tomorrow if you forget it. Said it five, six times. One of our players leaves the jersey, walks out. I, I message his brother like, hey, you might want to come back and get this jersey before I get upset about it. He goes, wow, we're too close. Home. I'm not bringing him back. So I messaged him and we talked through it. I'm like, listen, this is one of those. And he blamed it on his brother for leaving early. I'm like, listen, man, like this is your fault. You forgot it. Um, this is one of those things. You make a mistake, you got to own it. So, you know, hopefully there's some maturity and some growing. Like that's what it's about to me. And Hopefully he didn't think I was too mad at him because I was kind of razzing him a little bit. But, you know, just the growing, just those memories, like it's it's more than just basketball. And you want to keep as many people as possible. And, you know, some of my favorite players I've ever coached, you know, there's one player from Lawrence that Sieber knows. One of my favorite basketball memories of all time, we're playing Grinnell and a player who's never played, named Scotty Beauchamp, comes out senior night, bangs the three to start it, a guy who never plays. Um, phenomenal human being, goofy, like those are the guys that I always remember. Um, so it's nice to have a few of those in every grade level too. So. Yeah, PSA. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Shout out Scotty Bochamp. But PSA to all Appleton North high school players. If 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 Kellett's ever like razzing you or giving you a hard time, like deep down, he's joking. Like deep down, he's not mad. If you think he's mad or whatever, deep down, he's just joking with you. Most of the time, I would say that's true. And deep down, he forgot a jersey, too. Deep down, he forgot his keys in the same room. Oh, I forgot my football helmet one time. That was not – I did that in college. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, that's probably true. Exactly. Well, so, so Kelly, it was, your, it was your fifth grade team that was launching up threes nonstop. But um, this is how the day ended. Uh, watched a kid – I won't, whatever. I watched a kid who just set moving screen after moving screen, pancaking the kids on the other team. The ref's not calling it. Parents, coaches going nuts. And then a team's up by four. Coach gets two tees, kicked out of the gym. <laughs> four points ties the game. Or no, it was tied. My bad. It was tied. Two tees, kicked out of the gym, four points. And then there's the game. That's how it ended. That was my day. And I stood up. I'm like, this was well worth every second of me coming. There you go. Price of admission. Was it the North coach that got ejected? No, 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 it wasn't North. It oh, wasn't that was the first game. It wasn't their team wasn't involved. Fair enough. Fair enough. And I actually don't blame I like I'm I'm sitting there thinking, like, God, oh, that's not really good in front of a bunch of all these fifth grade kids. And then I'm like, the officiating was awful. Like, but the thing is, all you have to do is like go to the go to the official, call time on go. 
Can you can you just watch this kid? Just just watch him, please. Just watch him a little bit. Watch his screens, and instead it was just yelling. And then he got he got. At the end of the day, though, any level, like who who remembers it anyways? Like you know, to me that's a teachable moment too. Like to your guys, they're not going to call everything. Even our varsity guys right now, like in our scrimmage, you know, they don't call a lot in the scrimmage. Yeah. Like you know, just get over it. Get over it. Finish through the contact. Make the play. Whatever. Um. But yeah. That's that's a lot easier to tell a high school kid than a fifth grader who's like crying because he gets a bruise on his knee or something like that. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> All right. Did they make some threes at least? Uh not really, no. It was not it was ugly. It Only was ugly. one way to go. Only I mean, I would guess go. go up from there. I would assume it was probably roughly 10% maybe and i'm and they were there was over 23 shot for sure shoot um, to get hot shoot to stay hot yeah I, it's every team it's my it's most teams like there's always a kid that's just thinks that they can light it up there's one kid that he was probably over six and like three or four air balls and then he hits one and he's doing like the the arrow and i'm like what are you doing like love it. <laughs> i know love you're it. in fifth grade and you're excited but <laughs> just airballed three in a row like Oh my God! It's Their kids too. Let them enjoy. I know it. it's entertaining, but like, I don't know. A lot of lack of self awareness. Uh, all right, you guys. You guys got anything to talk about? I don't. Let me check by the rest of my agenda because I did have a little bit. Oh, hey, what's your take on um, the movement that they're doing in the WIA for teams moving up divisions? Uh, I think. I think it's good, but I honestly wish I researched it more or knew more about it. I think it's an interesting concept, though. Okay, so it's like a point, like a point system, whatever. So like Pewaukee's moving up from D two to D one next year. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a good thing. Um, frankly, I wish there. I wish it was almost easier to move up. I think it's a good thing, but I mean, it it plays on the history. So what happens when? And I don't know if it'll ever happen with Pewaukee, right? There's some teams that are just always good, but like. You have this run of good players, you move them up, and then all of a sudden the run of good players is gone, and now you've got this average team that's playing in D1. They should maybe be D2 instead. I, think well, I mean, to be honest with you, there's a lot of average Division One teams anyways. Yes. You know, so to me, it, it's no different. Um, as a competitor, I you know I would like it, um, but if you're one that wants to individually chase things, you, you're probably not a fan of it. But, you know, in years past, Pewaukee could easily challenge and, and won some Division One titles, and those would have been probably memorable games, you know, to you know to have on under our belt. So, I'm all for it. I don't know a whole lot about it just because it doesn't really affect us because we'll be D1 just based off of our size, no matter what. But uh, you know, the, the more talented teams, the better, and the more fun it is, and the more competitive is it, it is. So, yeah, I mean, I. Like I said last on the last podcast, any coach in this situation is going to have like selfish answers to an extent. Um, I, I I almost wish that players and teams like had a choice. Like if if you ask if you ask Pewaukee's players last year, like they have they're saying absolutely they're signing on the dotted line for D one. No no questions asked. Yep. Um, and then the other thing as far as the selfish thing for me that I'm even hesitant to bring up as far as like you talk about the. Uh, like repeatability and history for accomplishing things with uh with the multiplier moving up. I think that, and 
any coach that's talked to me a lot knows I'm that I that I have opinions on the public versus private multiplier and and the division that some schools should be playing. Like I think that private schools that have that success are like very likely to to repeat it. So like um like they're more likely to have strings of classes, whereas public schools are more likely to have a class that yep. achieves that multiplier. Um I wonder if there'd be a way that to fairly to to fairly work that in. It it sounds like you know more about the the topic and the whatever than Kel and I do. Do you can you do you know that do you know the ins and out the specifics of the moving in up and down stuff at all or no? Yeah, I want I want to say teams that have nine points in the last three years or something. Is that what it is? There's like, I don't know. I'm there's just a, there's a so there's a point total. I'm gonna bring it up right now. Number of years. There's a point total over the last number of years. Whereas if you're a state champion, you get certain number. If you lost a state final, certain number. Sectional final, certain number. So, um, Kel, how far did you guys make it last year? Uh, we lost first round of sectionals. Sectional semi. I think you get a point at the sectional final. You'd almost be ready to move up to Division Zero. Nah, we're I'm good. To... <laughs> I th- I think I want to say it's nine points over a certain amount of years, and you can't. I'm looking at it right now. I'm I can't find any point. I know I saw I had something the other. I'm this is obviously awful podcasting by me to bring a topic up that neither, none of us know completely about. But you spend too much time on TikTok. Uh, I know, right? Competitive balance. Boom. I got it in one Google search. Yeah, I'm, I'm on it. I just can't find the point system part of it. Um, We got this. It's all you guys. I wish there was just like a chart. I had a chart. I swear the other night I had a chart on it. So you get four points for winning the state title, three points for making the championship game. Oh, wait, this is football. Uh, it's the same thing. Okay, yeah, you're right. Yep. Yeah, four points for state title, three advancing the championship, two state, two to the state semifinal, so your final four, and then one point for advancing to the state quarterfinal, sectional final or level 311 three, uh, player football. Yeah, so to me, this doesn't impact that many. Yeah, it doesn't. Basketball programs. No, they had the article I found the other night actually had all the teams listed that that are moving up. This one has it: Ron Cali, Bangor, Brookfield Central, Lacrosse Central, Milwaukee, Washington, Nina, Nicolay, Pewaukee, Brookfield Central. Oh, they're listed twice. Lake Country Lutheran, Lords. Okay. Wow, you got that's that was the one I saw. I don't. But half these teams are Division One already. Yeah, right. I mean, Pewaukee is the main one, obviously. I think in, in, in girls, uh, Notre Dame's moving up too. So those are like the top two teams in girls' side, Pewaukee, Notre Dame, and they're both going to be D1 next year. Yep, Notre Dame. Okay. How good's the Nina girl? I just found out there's another UConn commit. She's a real deal. Yeah? Great shooter. Great shooter. Good at everything. So she just scored her 2,000 point, um, I think, last week. So I believe she had like 980 or something one year alone. Just, she passed you her freshman year, Kellett. 
shoot, man. No one even had a thousand points at Nina for boys until Matt Helt did it. Because it never moved. I, I would have been the first person to get a thousand if I didn't miss twelve games my senior year. I would have celebrated that for the rest of my life. Who's is he the leading scorer at Nina then still or was no, he? Busman, Busman passed him up. Um oh, but yeah. no, like so my biggest thing about Nina was when I was in high school, the career scoring leader was like nine sixty, and I was at like nine, I was low nine hundred and I missed twelve games my senior year. But the rebounding record is over a thousand at Nina, which is also absurd. So Dan Janikowski has like a thousand and six rebounds. The rebounding record was bigger than the points record. But Einerson was there for so many years and never moved guys up, so he only got two years on, on varsity, essentially. So and I think Adam Pullman was the first ever four-year varsity player full-time. I know Sam Oltman, my, 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 my freshman year, his senior year, he was a, a four-year varsity player, but he got moved up during the year. So Adam Pullman was the first, I believe, full-time starter four-year, and then Matt Held transferred over from Appleton West, and played three years and broke the scoring record. And then Klesman, I think, beat it handily as well. Um, granted, you added, we added more games, went to halves and things too, which added more time. But uh, oh, yeah. that was a really good player too. So, Yeah, Seabird Zabel. So she shot 47% from three last year, 47 the year before that. So she's at like 46% from three, which just is insane to me. And it gets it done. That yeah. gets it done. North still loaded in girls, Kellett? Um, they'll be okay this year for the young players. The the two teams in the FCA for girls, um, Nina obviously with Sabelle, and then Hortonville. My neighbor is actually AC, uh, the Hortonville head coach for the girls. Um, he's got Rainy Wilson, who's unbelievable. Um, in fact, when they upset Nina last year, I think she went off for like thirty plus. I was watching that. Um, and they have all the Pepler sisters. I feel like there's you know twenty twenty Peplers to come through Hortonville. A mom actually teaches with me at Hornville Elementary. Um, but uh, no, those two are, are probably the top two teams. Kakana, Kimberly are pretty solid. I, I know Kimberly has a couple of good young freshmen, I believe, that are scholarship material. And, you know, North has some, some college girls too. Oshkosh West is okay. But girls, North coach and I are pretty close. Um, so we talk quite a bit. They'll be solid. They'll compete. Yeah. Kelly, how, much, oh. how much do you care? Uh... Sam with well this is with uh this is on on brand with the Kakana stream issue. Um how much do you care about scouting in person versus like online with the in increase of like like streaming and like what does FVA schools do for like sharing tape all that how, how like <laughs> you guys have a share pool or is it like rival Yeah, so we share automatically on, on Huddle. So we yeah, yeah. we have to have it in by 8 a.m. the next day. Um in our pool, you know, I, I very rarely will go to games just because honestly, no matter what you call, you go over that in practice of what action that is a down screen, a flare screen, a curl screen, a ball screen, a go screen, like any basketball action you do, you work on in practice. Um, I try not to overload my guys to think too much. I'm, I'm very analytical though, with like who's shooting threes, where they're shooting them based off a of huddle, things like that. But, um, I don't go to a lot of games unless it's like a non-conference game or someone I don't know. Because essentially we see every F, you know, FVA team all throughout the summer minus Fond du Lac. Um, you know, we don't play them for a while. But uh, we have our pool and, you know, we still have some teams. Like I know for a fact if we're playing at home and Nina's not playing, Rebus will be 
sitting there with a couple of coaches and coach shall will be with his, with his line of coaches taking notes. Um, so one thing I took away from Jojo is when they're there, I'll yell out something that has nothing to do with what we're doing. And I always tell my assistants, watch those guys, they'll write down everything. So I'll, I'll yell out like Minnesota and they'll start writing down like our action and stuff, even though we're just running motion. Um, so there's some fun stuff that too, but, uh, Every coach is different. Kakan and Nina kind of go to everything, but you see everything on film. So, well, and I mean, what can you guys really get to when everyone's playing on the same night, anyways? Right? I mean, it's so difficult. It has to be. It's almost all. It almost has to be a non-conference game. You'd figure. Yeah, there's. I, I mean, with the double headers and stuff now, there's some games yeah. that have shifted around too. Um, but non-conference for sure. A lot of teams do a, a lot of non-conferences in in November, and then through December. So. Um, but if we're at like the Crest event, some teams are at Mark Miller's event um, and playing in the Dells and all over. So that's not too much. It's just like the home ones. Like if you got nothing going on, Lee Rubis is in the gym probably right now while we're making this. So he's 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 beating me right now because he's in the gym right now working out, you know, some second grade group, some third grade group, you know, whatever he's doing. But uh, I got to get better. No more podcasts. I got to get better. Come on. I'm being a gym. Siebert, what about you? Do you go to any games at all or no? Yeah, I, I actually like – I really like the scout in person. I'll, I'll forever I, – I think I just take a lot more away from it. Um, I don't know what I – I don't know if I'm actually proving anything to myself. I just like being at high school games somewhat. But I also like – I think I focus better and take more away from it when I see it in person. I, I mean, in the perfect world, I like to I like to see both on a team, but I definitely like to see each opponent in person at some point. If I can. Makes sense. Obviously you can't get to everybody, but so we try to plan ahead of when you can be. I'll be at Janesville Craig tomorrow if you want to get me on the pass list, Coach McCormick. <laughs> yeah, teams play tomorrow, huh? There's a couple games tomorrow. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. I don't, I don't, I don't want to, I get nerve nerves and everything. I don't want to hear the national anthem for the first time, you know, at your own game. You gotta get, you gotta get to one Kellett. You don't have three Who's kids seven center yet. So, Oh, your you, wife would be ha so happy. I'm bringing Lando to, to a high school basketball game tomorrow. Oh God. Landon right now, who last year could shoot it now believes he's left-handed because he shot around Nathan Ramos all summer and he ain't left-handed. So it, it's not pretty. Um, but uh, no, man, I used to do that. In fact, when I was with Nina, you know, Chaz Prunchinski would I'd go out with him quite a bit. But now, you know, that's the one positive about COVID is just the, you know, the ability to watch games on YouTube. Unless you're in the Valley, the Valley uses some some different system where you got to pay for it, and I'm too cheap to pay for it. Um, so I find some coaches that'll share it with me. But uh, just the, you know, the the availability on film and makes life a lot easier. So. Um, yeah, I see there's 72 games tomorrow, which is crazy. Um, wow. 72. No one, up, no one up here. There's like no games up here, I don't think, that are any – well, at least no, there's no FEA teams playing. Have you ever played this on is, opening Tuesday, Kellett? This is the first year that we really haven't because my first year we had the the Fox Valley or the Apple Classic, and then we got out of that just because we went to the seating meetings and we lost a really close game to Xavier, and they were – you know, projected really high and every team used that against us at the coaches meeting that we lost to a D3 team, even though they were extremely talented, got out of that. Um, but we've usually played someone the first Tuesday. 
And so we, we'd always rush to get everything in. And this is the first year where we're not. So we were playing on the 28th. And you know, I'm curious to see how, how that works out for us. We're driving to Wausau West, which is a decent drive. But, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting. This is the first year. I, our guys were talking about it today at practice that we're not playing tomorrow. So I can't imagine playing tomorrow. I've played there, played opening Tuesday one time, and it was when we returned, like, the whole rotation. Um, so I – I, we, yeah, I don't like trying to rush to get everything in. Yeah. That seems early to me when you guys are doing scrimmages over this past weekend and all of a sudden just to play right away on a Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, it's a lot to get through. I mean, yeah. we played Sean all super early last year before Thanksgiving and they, they had all seniors and, you know, we were predominantly freshmen and we had a couple seniors that were our non scores. So it, it was, it was tough, but, uh, one, one year we'll be experienced at Appleton North. We'll be old. Sean will play tomorrow night. You can go watch Sean if you want, Kelly. Nah, it's all right. I'll just ask Dave how it went. Do you play them or no? Yeah, we do. I'll yeah. always play Sean. Dave's a good friend of mine. That's kind of like I absolutely loved coaching in Sean. It's yeah. one of my favorite places. Um, So I'll, I'll always play Sean. So next year will be the first year we kind of mix up our non-conference. Mark Miller invited us to his event next year. I don't even know who we're going to play in that event, two games. Um, we're going to the Dells tournament next year to play Verona, who's extremely talented. Um, so our non-conference next year will be, you know, extremely challenging. We'll play Bayport again as well. Um, but uh, we're still young here and, and hopefully growing. So we'll see what happens. Okay. Seabird, I'm, I'm going to ask you a question, and I'm going to ask you because it's about Kellett. And Love I just, it. I just thought about it as he was talking because I know why Mark Miller invited his team. Will Appleton North be the favorite to win the state title going into next year? Be the actual favorite? Yeah. Like, will they actually be the favorite going into next year? I, uh, I love it. I love Nate Ramis and Grant Hardy and Will Sweeney as much as anybody, but I, I'm not calling them the state favorite. Yes. Next year yet. All right. I'll take the field. Are you giving me the field? I was just, uh, you know, I was just looking around. I mean, DePierre is going to lose some guys. They'll still have Kinzinger, but they're losing Horn Seth. Um, there's, there's so much talent. <laughs> um, it's so far away. We've got, <laughs> you know, we need more depth, and we're, you know, those, those guys go are so talented. I really like Big Ben. Um, Big Ben played exceptionally well at our scrimmage. Um, Abraham will be back. If Sean Hansen keeps playing like the way he's playing, he's he's extremely helpful. And we got some other guys too that people don't really know about that have played well. But nah, man, you'll never. I, I mean, as you guys joke around, I'm I'm as pessimistic as they come. Um, but I, I'm just excited to see for the first time ever Appleton North, you know, be kind of a factor and you know be kind of predicted to do you know to do well because Appleton North. If you walk in our gym, there's nothing on our banner, and that's kind of our goal you know, is just to get something put up there. So the long time coming if it happens and, you know, but we got a lot of work to do. I, I, I brought it up jokingly because I knew you weren't going to enjoy the question, but I was, I am serious because you essentially are not going to like, you're going to return everyone next year. I mean, I know we're talking a year down the road, but you will have almost everyone back. Correct. I mean, uh, I, know, I know you'll have some seniors this year, but for the most part, it's going to be everyone back. Yeah, we have our, a good nucleus back. I mean, we, we started three freshmen last year and, um, you know, made a good run, but also things fell kind of in place for us to make the run too. 
I thought Marshall was a good matchup for us. We actually thought we'd get matched up with them or one other team. And so we, you know, plus we had two weeks to prepare for Marshall as well. Um, so that gave us the extra time to prep for him. And they weren't an overly tall team. You know, this year getting Big Ben helps because he's about 6'5", six, 6'6". Six, six. But, you know, some things fell into place. We we overachieved last year, you know, towards the end. And this year, like I said, it'll be interesting because teams will, you know, we're no longer going to be, you know, I talk to our kids that we're going from being the hunter, trying to hunt some of these good teams to some teams are going to be hunting us because of the notoriety that some of the guys will get from a – just a recruiting standpoint and a couple of guys played with playground. I mean, we had, you know, three, four guys that played with playground, which is a, a notorious, you know, solid AU program. And they hopped over to Davis bros elite, but uh, no. So it'll be interesting how they handle just, you know, just the expectations. You know, that's kind of my biggest question mark of how will things go once adversity hits? And I have a pretty good idea, you know, how some guys will respond, but we'll see. So, DePier is obviously the favorite for this year. Has any, maybe I shouldn't say obviously, because I guess, I mean, there's other teams. Has anyone seen Marquette at all this summer? They're really good. I yeah, saw them. Are, this I know. Fall. I saw them this fall. Uh, well, I and a, and a buddy of mine saw them multiple times. They're tough. They make the right play. Nolan Minnesota, I like him as a, a sneaky Mr. Basketball candidate. Ooh, wow. Now yeah. that's a hot take. How about that? That's how about that? It's sneaky. It's I don't sne- think there's a chance in hell, but but I, our boy, our boy needs to, our boy needs to get to Madison. Our guy, our guy. I K- don't think it's that our sneaky. Guy, our guy K two Kantu needs to get to Madison. I don't think it'll matter. I think he's going to win Mister Basketball regardless. But the, the voting for that is is always a joke. They always they always want someone who's at state. Just like, just like, I know you've talked about this in the past. One thing I'd love to talk about sometime, probably not now, but I think all conference lists and all awards in WIA high school basketball are about as a big a joke as preseason rankings. Hate, um, hate all never, conference teams. I've never left the all conference meeting not furious ever. Um, literally, maybe my best player I've ever coached was honorable mention all conference in the Badger Conference, and we've been good last good the last few years and most valuable player we've ever had toughest kid understood basketball better than anybody that you could learn a lot about other coaches watching the way they vote on all conference it's all i'm gonna say you know exactly who prepare who scouts you know it's, you know what's important for every team yeah i i've left every all conference meeting furious it's an it's a name the thing. stats thing the, the stats thing kills me because stats are everything. You know, stats coaches will be like, "Oh, this player averaged like, you know, fourteen rebounds," and then you have like huddle film on him, and it's like, "Well, he had eight rebounds in our game, but he's marked up for fifteen versus us." Or just styles of play, right? Like there's styles teams play, that play exactly. super fast. You know, in and, and years past when I had Max Nelson, we, we played pretty slow because we didn't have, you know, guards that could shoot it. You know, Max Nelson started with four guys that couldn't shoot the basketball. And Brock Donaldson was a heck of a high school player for us and Josh Gilbert and a young Trent Mullen. Um, but they weren't shooters from the, you know, from the outside. And so we slowed it down and to go into the all conference meeting and have coaches like, well, this player averaged, you know, 17, which is more than the 15 for your team. Like, well, but we also had half the possessions that you had and way more efficient. There's more to it. Like I said, I, 
I like the all-around player, um, you know, just defensively is huge. Every coach knows who they are. You, you know, there's guys in our league. Like when Max Klesman was at Nina, his best attribute to me was his defense. Like there was times when we had some good guards that could handle it. If he was covering you, you gave it to somebody else. So we just didn't play around with it. Ice Emery was a good defender as well after him. When he was younger, he wasn't quite Klesman. Um, but you know, guys like that that do it on both ends are are, are huge, and every coach looks at it differently. You know, Kakana really likes the statistical side of things, where other coaches don't put a whole lot of stock into it and just say, "I think you should vote for this guy because he was our best player." Um, so it's it's always a crapshoot, you know, and it's it's tough because you can't make everybody happy. And the FBA, we have too many guys on it. Um, I think we go seven, seven, and then after that we got a lot of honorable mentions. And the football all conference is even worse. They've got you know fifty kids on all conference each team, and it, it's great, but it's I don't know too many people get too many things, and it's not it's it's it just waters it down. So. Um, the I'm I I've mentioned it before, but I like to call I'm when I do this podcast. I've been wanting to do it for a couple of years, but. And then every time, and then I wait, and then it's like another all conference team comes out, and I get pissed off about something else. But like, I like to call it the Gabe. It's going to be called like the Gabe Hammond podcast because if you remember Gabe Hammond from Kakana, um, twenty twenty one year, he did like everything. He had like multiple triple doubles, and I know you just, you just mentioned that their stat team, whatever. But like, he he was awesome for them, and he made second team all conference. And I said if he had the last name of some other of these kids that our names, he would have been player. He could have been player of the year. But you also got to talk about what your coach pushes guys first. Like you rank your own guys. So like if I, you know, so in some cases, a lot of it has to do with, you know, there's times when I like two players on the team and then I listen to what, like I already have my own opinion. And then when the coach talks, if they're close and he's like, well, I would do this player over this player because Every day he's like the heart of our team, the glue of our team. So you kind of go based off of that too. So there's more to it. Um, but every high school coach kind of talks about your own players a little bit. And some do a really good job of it. I know Coach Hintz kind of makes fun of me because I'll talk about my guys for a while. And some coaches don't talk that much about them. But I try to fight for my guys as much as possible because it's their high school career and it's cool to have on your resume. But if it doesn't work out. At least I feel like I tried my best as well. But uh not everyone thinks the same way. So there's more to it than just he did this. Cause I'm sure there was other people on that list from his team that probably were pushed a little harder. And, you know, it's tough to get multiple first teamers on there if you don't win the league too, or you're in the top two as well. So. I, I just like, we talked about this at, at Holy cross. Um, when the, the FBA from last year came out and I'm like, so there was a coach and I'm, I'm going to probably piss off a coach, whatever. So there was a coach, maybe more than one, that didn't have Xavion Mitchell on first team all defense and also did not have Jamari A. Dalton first team all defense. Like, that makes zero sense to me. Like, those guys are all defensive, like, unanimous guys, but they weren't. And I'm like, that's, that's, wow. You know? Yeah, I mean, some coaches, I mean, no offense to Xavion, he's, he's going to get his accolades. I mean, he's, he's the best player in our league. He's phenomenal he plays the right way he plays exceptionally hard um you know I was not that coach um I honestly don't care how many accolades you get you you earn what you earn you yeah. know there's I'm not gonna you know I'm, I'm stubborn as Siebert will tell you so if if I have a thought on somebody and the stats back it up the film backs it up 
coach can tell me whatever they want about, hey, this kid should be this. But, you know, I know who hurts us. I put some stock into that as well, how kids play against us. And if it's close, kind of use that to, you know, just decipher it. But, uh, yeah, no, Xavion, he's phenomenal defensively. He makes that one through one go. That and, and, you know, Jamari, he was one of them that if he was on Trent Mullen, someone else brought it up. It is what it is. And then you just go. So he listed two of the top defenders for sure. Um, as you know, I have a soft spot for Trent Mullen as well. Um, but uh, yeah, no, every coach is different. So um, do, is this for all, all conference, uh, the conferences across the state? I mean, or at least your two, like you have to, as a coach, nominate your guys, right? For them to be considered to be voted for or, or no? We do. Yeah. Yep. Siebert, same way for you guys or no? Same in our league. Yeah. So let's Kel, let's say you, let's say a, a coach nominates three of their own guys. Can you be like, do you want to nominate the fourth one? Because I might want to vote for him. Or do you guys just keep your mouth shut and move on? You just kind of let it go. Cause our meetings last a long time. Okay. So we did have one year where there were some suspensions at the end of the year. And so it took away a bunch of, a, a handful of players. Yep. And, you know, we had a player actually at Appleton North that got all conference that would not have, but he only got it because I nominated more than I should have. And other teams didn't nominate enough guys. And so he got honorable mention and it kind of set the stage. And, you know, my goal was, to, you know, to make him hungry because he was coming back and things like that. So that we, he actually got all conference due to the fact that there just wasn't enough guys that was at, that were nominated after handful got taken out so like i said some coaches will do two some coaches will do four if you lose a lot of games or you're in the bottom tier of the conference you they sometimes don't put up as many because they feel that way but sometimes you know some of, the, of you know appleton west was behind us especially they had a lot of guys that could go oshkosh west had two all-conference players you know so there's our league is talented man and there's some it was it's top heavy at times and the coaches got to, you know, to me is just put your guys who you believe in. And if they don't vote for them, who cares? Like, at least you put them out there. But, yeah, so it's it's interesting. <laughs> Any yeah, final thoughts? Yeah, go ahead. Pensions are the only example I could think of. Okay. Anything else you guys want to discuss? Thanks for AJ having us. Brown. AJ Brown is frustrating me right now. Did he not? Did he not win your game for you? Your fantasy for you? Nah, man. I'm pretty sure he only had one catch for eight yards. Hey, actually, I got I got a good Kellett story for you. Oh lordy, love those. Um, so in 2010, Tebow mania was going off, and 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 Kellett just just kept doubling, tripling, quadrupling, quintupling down that Tebow. Tebow had nothing. Tebow wasn't going to win. Tebow couldn't do it, and he just kept proving him wrong week after week after he week. Pr- he proved me right. And then, he won the di- and then he won the division, and then he won a playoff game, and Kellett had to eat his words. I think I – you know, I played the long game. I was correct on Tebow. Matter of fact, I'm putting in a play tomorrow, and I'm calling it Tebow. <laughs> I'm calling it Griskevich. <laughs> there you go. Tebow is a winner. That would be funny if you actually do have a play called Tebow now. There will be a play called Tebow. <laughs> it's nice and short to say two syllables. You're it's easy. Good. It's easy. It'll probably be for someone to go left, too. So if you're playing against us. And he'll probably throw it out of bounds. <laughs> throw it out of bounds. Might be a turnover, but it's going to win the game. 
All right. Stay on. We'll talk after here. Um, thank you guys both for joining. Uh, appreciate it. Let's make sure this is not the last time, but I think, I think we might need in a little bit more of an agenda next time so that we're not, you know, let's make sure we have enough stuff. And like when we get to the end of the season, we'll have plenty of stuff to talk about. Cause we're going to possibly talk about how Appleton North won the FEA. Stop. Stop that. <laughs> I, I didn't want to chime in too much, but I actually did have time to listen to your, uh, to your, um, your podcast from last night and i agreed with a lot of your a lot of your takes about appleton north i'll be i'll be looking for the a lot of the same things as you sam i uh i was are we gonna gel Kelly? are we gonna gel are we gelling i i didn't listen to the podcast all i know is gelling? if anything brought us together is the whole team was unanimous thinking that i told you to call abraham the tiktok sensation so that might have helped us he had his best practice of the year today um but no, well, I mean, we're young. We'll see. I don't like expectations. You know, like I'm not used to this. I should say I don't like. I'm not used to it. I've always taken over teams that kind of were on the bottom, um, and now we're here. Well, so look at listen to Sam's questions for your team. What he'll be looking for, so that you know how to coach your team this week. Well, we're chucking threes. That's what we're doing. As long as you're gelling, that's it's happening. I know that. That's for sure. We have to. Um. Thanks for joining. Join uh, again, guys. We'll do it again at the end of the year. We'll have a we'll have a recap at some point. So, thanks everyone for listening. This has been over and back.